0: Is the devil real? Should we should we care about the devil and demons and spiritual warfare? You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Look for CUW in the sponsor section. Joining me by phone this morning, the Reverend Dr. Robert Bennett. He's executive director of Luther Academy and also is author of Afraid. Demon Possession and Spiritual Warfare in America from Concordia Publishing House. Dr. Bennett, welcome to Faith and Family.
1: It's good to be back with you, Andy.
0: Glad to have you on today and uh, talking about spiritual warfare. I'm sure in your travels, you probably uh, deal with this subject quite a bit as you travel around the world. Tell us a little bit about your work with Luther Academy, and then we'll get into spiritual warfare.
1: Well, Luther Academy has been around for about, oh, 20-plus years now, and we teach... Uh, theology, the pastors in parts of the world that simply don't have a seminary education or um, are, are lacking in some way a seminary education, and so by the gift of our donors, we send the best professors out to various locations, whether Africa or Asia or Almost anywhere, and provide seminary education for them for a week intensive. We pay for all their expenses, get them to the locations they need, and and give them whatever their their church body says is most necessary for them to to know. And then in the U.S., we publish a, a number of books and journals, Logia Journal, a Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and a new series we have out on the works of Kurt Marquardt and volume two just hit the uh, bookshelves now, so lots of great stuff going on.
0: Well, very good, very good. The, uh, the 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 work that that Luther Academy does is uh, is great to to bring that education to to pastors and and uh, servants of the church around the world. You have written a, a, a handful of books about. Uh, spiritual warfare, demon possession, uh, and, and studied this, too. What, what sparked your interest in this? Why study demon possession and spiritual warfare?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question. I never intended to study such a thing. I was doing my Ph.D. at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. Um, as a result of that, I headed to research something uh, for my Ph.D., and I had good friends in Madagascar. So I went to Madagascar, one of the fastest-growing Lutheran churches in the world, to see what was happening. Why were they growing so quickly? There's over 4 million Lutherans in Madagascar right now. And I thought I would study conversion, and I happened to run into this spiritual warfare thing over and over again, because all the converts coming into that church body were coming out of traditional religions, where they were seeking to be possessed by what they thought to be their ancestors— but we're in reality, demons.
0: Hmm. So you were seeing this,
1: really, firsthand. Yeah, yes. Like I said, it wasn't something I had planned to write about. And as a result of this, I did my dissertation. My first book is mm-hmm. I Am Not Afraid, Demon Possession of Spiritual Warfare. It's based on the dissertation. And then the second book that you had already mentioned uh, is more dealing within the United States.
0: What is... Spiritual warfare. What, how do you define spiritual warfare?
1: Spiritual warfare is, is maybe best understood as something that happens to us. Um, you know, of course, in, in terms of theology, we talk about the fact that we have an old Adam, that part of us that is that is born in sin. Ephesians two talks about it a bit. Um, spiritually dead. Uh, following the um, the ways of the one who leads those in the disobedience, so we're born with that as Christians uh, as as we hear that gift of faith that comes to us through the word of the sacrament uh faith is created within us, and so now we have a really a kind of a a doing personality we have the old Adam that continues within us, and that the new Adam that wants to do good wants to follow the ways of God. And so we have our own internal um, spiritual warfare that we're we're going to be facing between that old and that new Adam. However, in addition to that, we have the devil and his demons, who are already, as as I mentioned in the Ephesians two verse, aligned with that old Adam and, and spurring him on and, and causing problems. So. So we're always, all of us are engaged in a form of spiritual warfare, and not the the spooky TV stuff, but just the fact that uh, we are sinners who live in a sinful world, and the world, uh, our own sin, and the devil are constantly assailing us, as Luther would remind us.
0: Why should we care about spiritual warfare? Why does it matter? It doesn't seem to be real prevalent in the United States today. I know you mentioned you you witnessed it when you were in Madagascar because it was a really a a, a, a an out um what was it it it, it was it, it's closely related to the uh the the culture. the culture and the the natural religion there. Why in why in America should we be concerned about spiritual warfare?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned was well, really not that prevalent here. And it's actually the complete opposite of that. Uh, that's why I wrote that second book that you mentioned, I Am Not Afraid of Being in Possession, Dare to Warfare in America. Because after I wrote the first book, I was just inundated with phone calls, emails. Um, of course from many many people, but the significant ones for me were the number of pastors, and very pastors, who were saying, I've got these problems with my congregation, or this individual, or even myself, what do I do? And, and that's why I wrote the, the second book. So it is actually quite common, and it's becoming more common as people uh, are leaving the traditional faith and, and you know kind of creating their own faith. That the whole idea of I'm spiritual but not religious, which basically means I can incorporate any type of spirituality into my into my worldview that I choose. And by doing so, we're really kind of falling back into ancient uh, pagan practices, and really becoming animist in our own right, much like the traditional religions that we would find in, in Madagascar and Africa and other places. But even biblically, First uh, Peter five eight to ten is very clear that we need to be sober-minded, we need to be watchful. Peter tells us our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a Roaring line, sequence someone to devour, and, and, and tells us this is happening to all of our brethren um, around the world. Uh, and there are many other passages that would remind us of this very same thing. I think even Luther, as he's writing, uh, as we find in his large catechism, he really is paraphrasing First Peter and telling us that if we don't realize that we're in a spiritual war, um, we're very open to attack. Not that we should be afraid of these things, but to simply realize that this is going on and to be aware of it, so we're not caught off guard.
0: You mentioned the the devil, and uh, is the devil real? There are many times in, in North America we like to think that there isn't really a devil. There's just a kind and gracious God. Uh, there isn't really a devil. Is the devil real?
1: Well, you know, it, it, I guess as, as a Christian, if you ask yourself this question, you got a pretty big problem, because in First John chapter 3, verse 8, we're told that the very purpose for Jesus' coming, the Son of God coming, was to destroy the works of the devil. Um, if we were to look at the Gospels, we would find account after account of Instances of Jesus dealing with demons and, and the devil, and so we would really have to deny Scripture itself uh, to deny the activity of the devil and the reality of the devil. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the First Peter verse, and there's many other verses we could talk about if we wanted to, that remind us that this is an ongoing thing even after the crucifixion, uh, resurrection. Line um, to be sure, he's a defeated foe, but he's still seeking
0: to cause harm. What is the activity of the devil? How does the devil and and, and other demons how how do they attack people of uh, the Christian faith? How do they attack them? What is their uh, activity?
1: Well, I think we're all familiar with the the more uh, accounts of uh, of people, um, whether being harassed in their homes, or or uh, you know seeing things they think to be ghosts, which I do not believe in. Works in the majority of our lives. Occasionally, um, you know, it'll be a little bit more pronounced, and and you will have uh, you know the devil harassing individual people.
0: Does he attack those who are uh, who are not Christians? Those who who do not confess Christ. Those that who who are not um, in the faith.
1: Sure, but I would say in a different way. Um, you're attacking Christians in, in one way to lead us away from the one true faith, whereas those who aren't Christians, uh, I referred to the Ephesians 2 us earlier, um, that they're really, if you're born without, before faith is, is brought to you from the outside, you're already a willing pawn in the devil's hand. And so he he plays with people if uh, you look at traditional religions for instance he uh, he forces them to uh, provide uh, sacrifices to him um, to to give of of what they have uh, uh harasses them in, in many many ways um, in, in a way to 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 continue to to hurt them i mean they are Remember, all of us are created in the image of, of God. That, uh, and we are every one of us are those who Christ has died for. But whether that faith has come to us or not, it doesn't change the fact that Christ has incorporated all of us into His uh, into His death. Uh, we do talk about how faith needs to come to us through that word, but in God's eyes, um, we are all. History. Children and so, if the devil can destroy his children, uh, cause them grief, uh, he really does so to, to to simply do what the devil does.
0: So, the devil and demons attack both Christians and unbelievers. Do we do we know when we're being attacked? Do, do people know if they're being attacked by uh, the devil or, or demons? Um,
1: I would say probably. Usually not. Uh, Once again, if you have these very extreme cases that happen when you start to maybe get somebody drowning I see somebody uh, you know hurting or, or hungry and uh, and so uh, I start to have a, a kind of a, a wondering if if I should do this maybe it be me or whatever the case is uh, lose would tell us the devils even acting uh, in in moments like that indeed remember we must remember that our, our own sin is 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 involved there but the devil is just kind of like the the uh, frosting on top, he comes in and even causes uh, more difficulties in such ways. So yeah, probably the more dangerous attacks of the devil are the ones that we don't recognize. And once again, Peter tells us, be be sober-minded, be watchful. Recognize that we are in this battle. Don't be afraid of it. But if you recognize that somebody may attack you, you're going to be watching out for those
0: attacks to come. So how do we watch out for those? How do we... Be prepared. What do we do when we recognize that we are being attacked by the devil? Uh,
1: We do that which we should do even when we're not recognizing we're being attacked. or Even if we're not being attacked,
0: Um, we
1: need to be in Christ. We need to constantly be where where Christ has promised to be for us. We we need need to be constantly connecting ourselves to His Word, because He has promised to be present in that Word. We need to constantly be connecting ourselves to the sacrament. Was his promised to be, to create faith, to forgive sins, to, to be with us there in his very presence. And so it's simply the life of a Christian is already an understanding of, of being prepared and ready for the attacks to come. The problem that we've had in, in our church over the years is um, probably in about the last 150 years or so, we stopped talking about these things, and so... Uh, While we always confess the devil is real, our Church has never faded from that at all, or the possession or anything else could take place. We haven't talked about it very clearly, and so many people don't, don't understand that we do believe these things, and they find themselves in trouble simply because they're not recognizing the attacks when they come.
0: Paint a picture for me. Take me back to Madagascar and what you witnessed there. Help me see what you saw.
1: Well, I, I spent uh, two summers there studying, so that's going to be a little bit difficult to, to portray. But I, I'll tell you one story that was particularly interesting to me when it happened. Uh, we were, um, as a result of me going there and starting to see the spiritual warfare that was taking place there, well, then I wanted to get a feeling of what was happening there, what, what's going on in these traditional religions. I wanted to go out and see these sites and... Just got a full understanding, of course, as I'm researching. And so we found this place that was the, the, the worship of the Duani spirit, the, the previous kingly spirit uh, in, in Madagascar. And as a result of that, we, we found the location. Uh, myself, my, my guide, who is a, uh, a wonderful pastor in Madagascar, who's been involved in excellence for over 30 years, and the driver went down into this place that they just got through doing the um, doing sacrifices and everybody had left and just the one priest down there. And that's uh, so what we walked around. It was, it was interesting. As soon as we walked down there, you could feel this feeling of... Uh, it was almost like a, something that you would describe as like a, a panic attack in the sense that you could feel pressure on your chest and things like that. But there was nothing to see or anything like that. And... Um, it was interesting. We got up in the car. We were talking with a person, the priest down there, the, the uh, traditional priest. We got up in the car. My my host was speaking to the driver in Malagasy. Uh, no, the driver was very shaken. I said, I just kind of mentioned, it's like, did you guys notice anything weird there? And, they just, and uh, My host was, that's why I'm trying to tell the driver, it's okay, don't worry. He's afraid the things are going to follow us home. <laughs> um, and it went away as soon as we got in the car. But that was just one uh personal experience that I had it's like, wow, this is interesting. At first I thought maybe it was just something going on in my own mind I was overreacting to something. And it just turns out the three of us had the same experience without even mentioning when we were down there, but uh when we got in the car to drive away we were all talking about it.
0: You had the you you like sensed the same things?
1: Yeah, it was uh it uh, was very obvious. It wasn't some uh, hey, I think there might be something here. I said it was like a a pressure on the chest, and it's kind of made you feel like wait a minute, something's going on. I, I just personally thought maybe I was having some type of. I mean, I don't have panic attacks, but I thought well, maybe you know, I've heard about a panic attack. So I thought well, maybe my my mind is just getting away from me, and you know, I, I I didn't really put too much credence in it at all. Actually, until we got in the car and. Uh, you know, all three of us had had the same occurrence uh, at the same time.
0: Wow. And that that was when you concluded that this really was something demonic.
1: Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So then of course, I remember the one who was uh, taking me around, he's been involved in, in dealing with these things for 30-plus years uh, as a pastor and theologian in Madagascar. So he explained to me what was happening. And then, of course, like I said, that's just one short story among stories. And uh, anybody wants to read more, you take a look at that I Am Not Afraid book um, that has uh, all that information from Madagascar
0: and recorded and so forth. So you have both books, I Am Not Afraid, Demon Possession and Spiritual Warfare, and then Afraid, Demon right. Possession and Spiritual Warfare in America, uh, yeah. th- that both give you an opportunity to dig into those topics of, of Sorry, demon uh,
1: I'll, possession. I'll push- Both are published in CTH. Both have been doctrinally reviewed, so I guess officially those are the only two books we have uh, doctrinally reviewed on the topic.
0: As you were writing on the topic, uh, how did you mentioned? You know, we only these are the only two that you're aware of that we have. How did you study? Where did you? Where did you look to to study this topic, and what did you find when you were studying this topic uh, well, in order to prepare such books?
1: Yeah, it was quite interesting because, as I mentioned, I did my initial research in Madagascar, not expecting to find this topic. And then after I found it, I had to ask myself a, a serious question. Is this Lutheran or not? You know, am, am I being misled, am I falling? in the realms of some other religion here, what's going on, and so one of the first things I did was to do a historical study of of how uh, the Lutheran Church has understood this phenomenon. And um, the second part of the I Am Not Afraid book, which I actually enjoyed more than the first part, deals with all the historical Lutheran understanding of the topic. It has a uh, exegetical section uh, in there. And then it has from Luther to C.F.W. Walter, uh, F. uh oh, and then a number of modern theologians as well, actually kind of following back through uh, past theologies over the years. I even show where we lost it. And uh, when it started to come back a little bit, when we started to talk about it again, you know, it's really interesting. C.F.W. Walter, um, back when he was teaching at the seminary, you know, at the very beginning of our synod, uh, when he's talking to his pastors, uh, those who will be pastors, he he tells them, you know, this is what a pastor's going to do. You're going to go out and you're going to visit people in your congregation. You're going to visit people in the hospitals. You're going to visit people in in jail, people who are being led astray by false religions and temptations of their old heart. And finally he says, "And, and those who are physically possessed by Satan. But he says it like it's just one of those things that a pastor does. It's, there's no, like, oh no, here we're going to talk about the devil. It's it's just like, yeah, this is what pastors do. And that goes back to the beginning of our synod here in the United States, and it isn't until, you know, oh, probably around the 40s and 50s when we really, really start reasoning it, but we really start, but it already starts to drop
0: out before then. Is there a danger in sensationalizing the the topic of of demons and spiritual warfare like like in movies and uh, it, well it's it's October uh, is there a danger in sensationalizing the the ideas of of demons
1: sure. uh, probably on a couple different um, um, areas uh, one one area might be putting too much giving the the devil and his demons too much authority. Uh, one of the things i talk about whenever i talk on this topic is i, I say we got to put pr- beware before we proceed about two things the first is denying the devil which we've already talked about and the second thing we need to be aware of is giving the devil um too much power uh thinking that somehow the devil is controlling everything um he's not he's a defeated foe um you know jesus tells us uh in john's gospel chapter 12 that As that is crucifixion. Now is the time of the ruler of this world to be followed. This is cast off. really it's the same word as exercise. So we we need to avoid um, overemphasizing these things. And also sometimes they make us, uh, you know, we turn them into fantasy where the devil becomes this fictional character on the other side of it where now it's just uh, Hollywood fun and we forget that the devil is active in the world. And as I mentioned, most of the time the devil is going to be active in very subtle ways, not in these more sensationalized, magnificent ways. It's going to be in those very subtle things of, of right, normal life.
0: And I understand you'll be addressing these topics in a webinar tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, check out lcms.org slash rstm. You can find information on the Rural and Small Town Mission webinars that uh, take place each month, and you'll be the speaker for that, speaking on this very subject, spiritual warfare. Uh, you can find out more about that at lcms.org. rstm My guest today, the Reverend Dr. Robert Bennett. He's executive director of Luther Academy, also author of Afraid—well, I'm not afraid—Demon Possession and Spiritual Warfare, and Afraid, Demon Possession and Spiritual Warfare in America. Dr. Bennett, thank you so much for being my guest today and helping us dig into this subject. Well, thank you very much, Andy. I enjoyed it. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll continue conversations here on Faith and Family. We'll revisit a conversation on parenting in the Internet age. You're listening to Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Faith and Family is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift.